Well, this uh, morning, we're looking at growing in generosity, and uh, we have kind of started this series at the beginning of this year. Pastor Darrell had kind of launched us into uh, that we need to get back to the basics, and so he began looking at sharing our faith. Last week, we looked at prayer, and so today, we're going to look at growing in generosity. God obviously wants us to mature in our faith, and part of that is growing in our ability to give, and it's a great thing to grow. Uh, as parents, we're excited when a new little life comes into our care. And uh, you as parents probably remember how we celebrated all the firsts that happen in that little newborn's life. Like when a baby recognizes its parent's voice for the first time, responds. Or when an infant uh, pops its first tooth. Or when that little bundle of joy takes its first steps. And then that little child says its first word. And then that sweet little cherub turns and screams and runs into the bathroom and pulls down all the toilet paper off the toilet roll. And all of a sudden, we wish we could go back to the days when it wasn't speaking and moving and running around at all kind of a thing. But growth is a wonderful thing. Just as we enjoy seeing growth and maturity in a child, God wants you and I to grow. And one of the areas God wants us to grow in is this area of generosity. So one day Jesus was teaching his disciples, and this is what it says in Matthew chapter 6, 2 through 4. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now here, Jesus is giving a picture of what religious hypocrisy looks like, and he does it by telling a humorous story. A lot of people don't get the fact that Jesus is trying to be humorous here. So imagine somebody comes into church, and right before they drop their offering into the little giving box and everything, they pull out a trumpet, and they blow reveille just before they put their money in. Now, of course, nobody, even back then, would actually blow a trumpet. Now, there have been times where I might have done something that seemed generous, and then I might have tried to figure out how I could slip that into a conversation with somebody so that they'll think that I'm really generous. But try to do it in a way that they don't seem to notice that I'm trying to appear to be very generous. Old-timers call people like that people who blow their own horn. That's where the phrase comes from, blow their own horn. Jesus said, truly I tell you, they have received a reward in full. If you do something to try to impress somebody, your reward is impressing somebody. You'll get the wow, all right? But then he goes on. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, that would have been another really funny line to an ancient non-Scandinavian crowd, and there's a profound idea behind it, okay? When something becomes so deeply habitual in me, it's so embodied in me that I do it without thinking it. We will say that it becomes second nature or second hand. We just do it. I remember, uh, it's been uh, quite, a, quite a few years now, 
when I had come home from work and Heather told me, uh, your son, Josh, has something really exciting to show you. And so I went into the living room and Josh was sitting there and he had a shoe uh, in his lap and he was so excited to show me this. He had learned to tie his shoe and it was a really, really big deal. So he sat there and tied his shoe and demonstrated and we were just, woo, we had a big old party. He had literally learned to tie his shoe for the very first time. And then not long after that, Heather had stopped by uh, the church here and walked in my office uh, with my second oldest, Joel. Uh, and she said, Joel's got something really exciting to show you. And so he sat down right in my office and uh, he began to tie his shoe for the very first time. He demonstrated his shoe tying skills. And right there in the office, we just celebrated that. We, woohoo! he made it. Tied his shoes for the very first time. You see, when you're learning how to tie your shoes, initially, you have to concentrate really hard. The first time you did it, you're really proud. Look, I tied my shoes. And you kind of want to blow a trumpet. You want to kind of celebrate it. Now you can tie your shoe without even thinking about it. You don't blow a trumpet when you tie your shoes. Some of you are excited that you can get down to tie your shoes. But when you tie your shoes, you don't celebrate the fact that you do it. You just do it. And it's a funny thing. If you were to ask me, how do I tie my shoelaces? I'd really have to think really hard how to describe how to tie a shoe. I just do it. And what Jesus is saying is just a profound observation about how life works in the kingdom of God. Let your generosity be as habitual as tying your shoes. Give in such a way that you don't even think about it. Let it become such a habit that your left hand does not know what your right hand is doing. Initially, when you begin to give and serve, it will feel heroic. You will want to blow a trumpet. Initially, the first time you serve and are generous with your time, it's going to feel great. Heather, look, I've emptied the dishwasher without being asked. Blow the trumpets. Let's all rejoice. But eventually, you'll be generous without having to think how wonderful you are. Jesus' way of talking about this is, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And the idea is this, as you give, as you become a truly generous person who is not merely trying to impress people, but actually wants to partner with God and follow Jesus, you're going to enter into the reality of the kingdom of God. And your reward is not that you get Your reward is the person you become. Tomorrow, we remember the life of Dr. Martin Luther King, and I love the way that he put this. He once said, keep feeling the need for being first, but I want you to be the first in love. I want you to be the first in moral excellence, and I want you to be the first in generosity. You know, the Bible is full of texts about generosity. So I want to spend the rest of this message looking at a few of those. And I'm going to ask for your help. Okay. So Justin is going to put a few of these verses up on the screen. And I'm going to ask you to help me by reading them out loud. 
And then we're just going to walk through a number of these texts that have to do with generosity. So here we go. This is the very first verse. This is Acts 20, verse 35. Let's read this out loud together, all right? Everybody all together. It is more... It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, we have turned the word blessed into like a religious cliche. But this is what it means to be blessed. We think getting stuff is the path to the good life. Because when we get, we receive a little burst of pleasure. But that little burst will eventually wear off. And over the long haul, givers are happier more joyful than takers. Now, many of you know this firsthand, so I'm, I am preaching to the choir this morning, but many of you have looked at the challenges of this last year, and rather than seeing problems, you have seen opportunities. Opportunities to serve and to use your gifts for others and for God's glory. I remember right when the shutdowns began in March, we had a gentleman in our church who showed up unannounced here at the church, and he had made senior care kits for the seniors in our home who are now at home, locked at home, staying at home. And he had made little kits of food and personal items for them to be, uh, be able to have to get through this kind of shutdown. Many of you, right, when school was canceled and everything, uh, offered to watch the kids in your neighborhood. As parents still had to go, but now kids couldn't go to school, and they were trying to figure that all out. And you said, our doors are open. Some of you started making face masks and just sharing them with others. Uh, One other individual uh, began a ministry of simply going back to writing notes. Not just a phone call, an email, but actually handwritten sentiments, a verse of the day and a prayer, and they, she started just sending it out to people that she knew. In other words, rather than seeing problems, they saw opportunities. And in return, you receive blessing, meaning, gratitude, and joy out of giving than being served. So that's the first verse. You will experience blessing. Here's the second one. Uh, We live in a society that's increasingly financially rich, but it's relationally poor. Now read what Paul says to givers in the early church about the people who received their generosity. This is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 14. He says this. Let's read it together. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. People who are generous with their time, generous with their money, end up entering into new relationships, connecting with and caring more about other people. There's a fire department in Oregon that publicizes their fundraiser with a T-shirt that says, you come to our breakfast, we'll come to your fire. See, if you're generous, if you're stingy with your time, if you're stingy with your time, you're stingy with your money, you will find other people who will be stingy with their hearts. But if you're generous with your your time, your money, your resources, people's hearts will go out to you as well. 
And that leads to the next verse. This is Matthew 10, verse 8. Let's read this one together. Freely you have received, freely give. You see, when I focus on my life and getting only what I want, I end up becoming a slave to my desires. You might remember the movie, The Lord of the Rings. And there is a character in that series whose name was Gollum. And the word Gollum actually comes from a Hebrew word that's used one time in the Bible in Psalm 139 for an unformed body. And that little word, Gollum, in Hebrew actually became in the Middle Ages a kind of a character for a figure in folklore who lived as a grudging, resentful, soulless slave just a slave to its own desires. And that's part of why Tolkien chose the name Golan for his book. This figure that is obsessed with getting the ring and that desire turns into obsession and then it becomes an idol and then eventually he becomes a slave to chasing after the ring. You see, generosity liberates us from our slavery. The things to be able to give with freedom when we receive, freely have received, freely give. And then generous people also experience the very delight of God. This is an amazing verse, Proverbs 19:17. Never thought about it until this week. Proverbs 19:17. Let's read this together. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. That's an amazing verse. Think about that. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Now, here's a really important piece of information that your financial planner might not have told you. You are going to die someday. Okay? No matter what happens, you are going to die someday. And in the words of Jim Elliott, uh, a martyred missionary, He said, why would you not give what you cannot keep to gain what you cannot lose? And can you imagine one day standing in front of God and having God say, well, let's see, I've got a bunch of IOUs for you. Can you imagine that? Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them. When we are generous, especially to those who are most need, we are tapping into the very heart of God. And we experience his delight. And then generosity also has a reverberating effect. This is from Psalm 37, verse 26. It says this of the righteous. Let's read this one together. Psalm 37, 26. They are always generous and lend freely, their children will be a blessing. Now, it's interesting. The text doesn't say their children will be blessed. It says their children will be a blessing. See, selfish parents tend to raise selfish children. Generous parents tend to raise generous children. And to be able to build into generosity of the next generation is a tremendous gift that we as parents and adults have. 
And it begins at a very young age. It begins around the dinner table. Who was someone in your class today that was feeling a little bit lonely? Or whose family is going through a really hard time? How can you care for that person in your class? You see, generosity is something that everyone in the family should be thinking of. And that leads to our next one. Think about this. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus put it like this. Let's read this one together. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, this is just the truth of God's involvement in our lives, and it is very powerful, but I want to reiterate this. Giving is not something you do so you can get. I grew up in a little Baptist church, and when somebody put $100 in the offering plate, the pastor got so excited, and he said, whoever put this in, come up to the front, and you can pick three hymns. And this shy elderly woman came to the front, just beamed at the congregation and pointed to the three best-looking men and said, I'll pick him, him, and him. That actually didn't happen. It's made up. But here's the point. Giving is not something we do to get external rewards. More money, more reputation, trophy spouses. When we live generous lives, we are partnering with God in his mission, and we're being formed in his image. That is just the truth based on scripture. It's based on the lives of thousands of people. This is true with your time. If you're not volunteering, if you're not serving, then I want to tell you, get generous with your time. Next week, you're going to hear about opportunities for you to serve in and around our church and our community. So maybe spend this week in prayer and ask God to show you how you can be involved in serving others. Maybe spend time this week in prayer and ask God to help you to see not problems, but opportunities. And opportunities are everywhere right now. This is also true with your money. For many of you, this year has been challenging, but yet God has blessed you. And if that's the case, if you have something, give something. Be generous. Just this last week, spoke with a couple who, who were just being honest and just said, you know, we've made it well through this year, and we're getting that little tax stimulus check. We don't need it. And we've just been praying, who can we just give it to? Who can we just give it to you? If you have something, give something. And let me also say a word for those of you who have been having a difficult time. This has been a very difficult year. And I want to say to you, if you need something, say something. I know it may be an uncomfortable thing to ask for help, but we are the family of God And we want to care for you. Family looks after family. So if you are in need, 
talk to one of the pastors, contact the church office. We would love to help. There are so many generous people in our church who want to be of help. So just ask. And I want you, even if you're, you're a little afraid, you're a little intimidated about this, uh, just know when you remain silent in your time of genuine need, you are not helping your fellow brothers and sisters grow in generosity. We grow as a family when we can grow being generous and serving one another. Okay? When we serve one another, we grow. So if you have something, give something. If you need something, say something. Well, together, this next year, I think it can be a wonderful year. 2021 is going to be a wonderful year. Because I think we are going to grow in generosity. And together, we can do that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your amazing generosity, your extravagant generosity. Everything that you have given to each and every one of us here, your love, your grace, so many things. And it is because of your generosity. And, and we who are made in your image are made to be generous. Not just every once in a while, to actually get to the point where we don't know why we do it. We just do it. It's just habit. God, I pray that you will help us to be a church of generosity. Help us to grow in this area. Lord, if there's ways that you have blessed us this year, help us to, to prayerfully seek how we can bless others. And God, if, if there's people who are here, who are listening, and they've been reluctant to ask for help, Lord, I just pray that this be the day that Jesus make a phone call, talk to one of us, because we want to share the great generosity that God has given us. We ask for your help as we seek to do that for your honor and your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.